Welcome to Global Minnesota Podcast, connecting, informing, and engaging Minnesotans with the world and exploring important international issues. For a complete list of programs and to join us, visit globalminnesota.org. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Global Minnesota's International Day of Education. Our virtual seminar is now being broadcast around the world. There's people from over two dozen countries, uh, something over 1,800, close to 1,900 people pre-registered from nearly every state in the union. We're pleased to be able to have this opportunity and to offer it to you free of charge because we believe that this day focuses on one of the single most important elements of our mission, advancing international understanding and engagement. The theme for the day established by the international sponsor and coordinator of International Day of Education, UNESCO, the UN's Educational, Scientific and Cultural Organization, is recovering and revitalizing education for the COVID-19 generation. This theme reminds us that we're in the middle of this pandemic and we have much to do to make sure that our learners, our educators, our families are able to continue moving forward on their educational path for all ages, of course. But we also are focused on that revitalize. We know that education in all of its aspects of life can always be improved in many elements, particularly the disparities and particularly um, the issues that we have. Uh, are ones that we need to focus on carefully. My name is Mark Ritchie, and I have the, uh, on the honor of serving as the president of Global Minnesota. We're a 70-year-old organization that's part of the World Affairs Councils of America, and we're pleased that they are our program partner for today. And we want to make sure that we have this pro kind of programming available free of charge to everyone. And we do that because we have very generous support from a number of sponsors for today, our members, and of course, our corporate members as well. We want to make a special thanks to our gold sponsors and our silver sponsors, the Sundance Family Foundation, Hormel Company, Communicating for Agriculture Exchange Programs, Highway Credit Union, Atomic Data, and St. Cloud State University, which made a very special contribution to ensure that all of this program will be accessible for those of you anywhere on the planet, deaf or hard of hearing, on the YouTube channel. There's a link that will help you go to the special YouTube channel. Um, with uh, ASL interpretation and closed captioning. We also have the support of a number of, of our local and some of the national corporations whose contributions also make this day possible. Uh, Carlson Family Foundation, Delta, Cargill, Medtronic, United Health Group are our key larger contributors helping us put on today's program. And then finally to the several thousand members who are the generous and annual contributors that make this program and all the other hundreds of things that we do during the course of a year possible to be made public, free, and accessible throughout the planet. We've been pushed hard during this COVID period. Because 
because there are many things that we've had to change. But something that hasn't changed is the generosity of the supporters who believe in our mission, who believe that Minnesota and our nation should be a welcoming place, should be engaged globally, should be part of a larger planetary conversation like we're having today. These United Nations designated special days are moments where we pause at Global Minnesota to take a deeper look, whether it's World Food Day like last October, World Health Day coming up in April, World Humanitarian Day, other days, we are sure that by joining in a global conversation will deepen our understanding and we'll be able to share some of the things that we today are thinking about and focusing on within the broader context of the pandemic and of the disparities that have been exposed because of the economic crisis created by the pandemic. Today, we will be very honored to have our opening presentation, the Director General of UNESCO. I don't know how many of you watching right at this moment had the opportunity to uh, catch the opening ceremonies held in Paris, linked to New York the earlier this morning. For some of you, it would have been quite early, but it was a powerful, very excellent beginning of this day, kicking off global observances and celebrations everywhere. And I hope you can find time to uh, join at uh, some moment and to watch uh, those opening words. Uh, Director General Audrey Azoulay is the uh, leader of UNESCO. She was a former Minister of Culture of the government of France. And she's been the key person that has kept pushing forward the concept of protecting our cultural heritage in places of crisis, in places of conflict. Uh, her voice has been loud and clear about the necessity of keeping ourselves moving ahead in the midst of this crisis of COVID and the need for people at the grassroots, in every community, in our governments, and at a global level to step up and make sure that the impacts of this climate and COVID twin pandemics, the impact on education, especially on girls and especially on all learners in communities who have less access to the kind of technology that some of us enjoy, we have to make sure that we concentrate on those issues. And today will be a chance to really lift that out. Some of you know the history of UNESCO. It grew out of the League of Nations. Uh, there was an international committee for intellectual cooperation trying to heal some of the wounds and divisions of the First World War. And at that first meeting, when the UN was being created out in San Francisco in 1945, a governor of the state of Minnesota was one of the five asked by President Roosevelt to be part of creating the United Nations. And our Governor Sasson came home from fighting in the war in the Pacific, and he was one of the strongest voices for human rights, for the broader understanding that peace only comes through justice. But he also was the advocate for keeping the society's voice present in international matters. And when the, uh, Governor Stassen died uh, relatively recently, uh, Kofi Annan, who was direct, uh, Secretary General of the UN, who had graduated from university here in Minnesota, he eulogized Governor Stassen saying that the international community had lost one of its greatest leaders, one of the people who kept the voice of society engaged in the great work of helping to create 
the peaceful global community. We're fortunate to have a governor with the same passion about making Minnesota a global place, a governor who has been himself a teacher, a public school teacher in social studies. I love that because I trained to be a social studies teacher. And Governor Waltz also was for over two decades uh, a member of, a listed leader of the Minnesota National Guard. And in this occasion, we are so pleased that he could take time to uh, record for us a welcome message and to introduce our keynote speaker. They're in the middle of legislative session. And so we're just glad that there was time to do this. Um, I'm very, very pleased to call and to ask for the message from our governor, Tim Wall. Hi, everyone. I'm Tim Walls, governor of the great state of Minnesota. A big welcome to the folks viewing this event from around the world. As a classroom teacher for more than 20 years and a parent of a child in public schools, I've seen firsthand the power of education to change lives. I believe that each and every child must receive an education that prepares them for success in the future workforce and in our democracy. That's why today's event theme, Recover and Revitalize Education for the COVID-19 Generation, is so incredibly important. Too often, race or zip code and income can determine the quality of a children's education. The COVID-19 pandemic has shed a bright light on these disparities as our educators, school staff, families, and students rose to the challenge of distance learning. Distance learning has been hard on our students, but for our students of color and indigenous students, low-income students, students experience homelessness, students with limited internet access, those in greater Minnesota, English language learners, students with disabilities, and many more, distance learning has been even harder. The disparities in our educational system hold back not only our students, but our entire state and country from reaching our full potential. And as schools get back in person, it's crucial that we work towards education recovery and revitalization together. We must tackle the challenge of the past and present, intentionally designing our education system to ensure that each individual student thrives. This means that each and every student's educational experience values who they are and supports them to reach their highest potential both in and out of school. I want to take a moment to acknowledge everyone who made this event happen. Thank you to the team at Global Minnesota, all of the speakers and sponsors, and the leadership at UNESCO for coming together to make this special day possible. I'm excited to introduce today's keynote speaker, the head of the entire Global International Day of Education, Director General of UNESCO, Audrey Azule. Director General Azule is the former Minister of Culture and Communication for France and a tireless advocate for advancing education for all worldwide. It is now my honor to welcome Director General Azule. I'm very honored to be taking part in uh, this symposium organized by Global Minnesota for the International Day of Education. And I'd like to start by thanking its president, Mark Ritchie. Like Global Minnesota, UNESCO was founded on an ideal to promote education as one of the common goods of humanity. Because education is not only a basic right enshrined in Article 26 of the Universal Declaration of Human Rights. It is also an essential lever to respond to the challenges facing our world. And yet, in recent months, this right has been called into question like never before, maybe. A series of crises has emerged, which we must rise above together a health, educational, economic crisis, a social crisis marked by rising inequalities and discrimination, an environmental crisis, a crisis of confidence in science and in the facts. 
After a year as difficult as 2020, being pessimistic would be easy. But 2021 gives us many reasons to hope. Because as the past year has shown us so painfully, education is a human right, a public good, and a public responsibility, as the theme of this symposium reminds us. As you know, at the peak of the pandemic, our figures have shown that 91% of the global student population, 1.5 billion learners, were unable to attend school. Together, we saw the gap that is left in our lives and in the lives of our children. Not only in the field of learning, of course, but uh, as, as well in terms of cultural, social vocations, in terms of physical and mental health of our children. It is at school that we learn to live in society. It is at school that children receive attention and meals. Schools are also a place where girls and women receive sanctuary from violence. It is estimated uh, that in 2020, there could be an additional million forced pregnancies around the world. At a time when 11 million girls may never return to class, in addition to the 130 million who were already out of school before the pandemic, the danger is clear. Yes, 2020 was a year of disruption, but it was also a year of mobilization. As early as March, over 160 partners, international organizations like the World Health Organization, the World Bank, major companies and education actors joined forces as part of the Global Education Coalition launched by UNESCO. I would like to thank uh, all the US companies that joined this movement, IBM, Google, Microsoft, Uber, Verizon, and Facebook. Thanks to all our partners, the coalition and UNESCO supported the continuity of learning and the reopening of schools in over 70 countries, benefiting millions of pupils and teachers. Firstly, we took action on the educational front to ensure that learning could continue. But we also took action on the health front by organizing the sharing of best practices. This joint action showed us that when education actors all stand together, they are a very powerful force. This is true in emergency situations, but it's also true for long-term challenges. Against racism, against anti-Semitism, against discrimination and social injustice, education is our best ally. Respect for others, acceptance of difference, fight against racism, this can be taught. And I know how committed Global Minnesota is in this field. In addition to our campaign United Against Racism, which has been viewed hundreds of thousands of times, UNESCO has launched a series of masterclasses to fight racism and discrimination, training thousands of students and teachers around the world. Education is also a very powerful lever to combat global warming and the collapse of biodiversity. This is why we encourage dialogue between our member states and support the sharing of good teaching practices in this field. In May, we will present the best global initiatives uh, in terms of uh, education for environment at the UNESCO World Conference on Education for Sustainable Development in Berlin. Education is also essential in developing critical thinking, in debunking fake news and conspiracy theories, 
in using social media without being controlled by it. This is why UNESCO has integrated recent technological innovations, including algorithm, into media and information literacy programs. In April, we will officially launch this program for countries to support them in teaching these skills, which are more and more necessary. As all of these issues show, education should not be considered a cost, but an investment and one of the most important investments there are. Yet, the funding that has been committed to education is insufficient and threatened by the current situation. According to our calculations, education budgets in low and medium income countries could drop up to $200 billion per year because of COVID-19, 40% of the sum needed annually to achieve the United Nations goal for 2030 in education. We need more investment and we need it now. Recovery plans are a window of opportunity in this respect and one we should not miss. This was the message sent by over 70 heads of state and governments and ministers at the global education meeting organized by UNESCO last October. They recommitted to allocating between 15 and 20% of public spending to education and increasing international aid for education. We also need to invest better because the pandemic has underlined the importance of ensuring that education reflects the time so it can respond to the challenges of our time, climate change, technological revolution, or prejudice. This is why we've also launched, as part of our initiative on the futures of education, a global conversation on tomorrow's education. Nearly one million educators, learners, Parents, citizens have already contributed to these reflections, which will be presented in a report published later this year with the support of the President of the Federal Democratic Republic of Ethiopia, Sally Wolf-Zude, who chairs this International Commission for the Futures of Education. The Commission will focus on the lessons to be learned from this period and especially on the importance of distance learning because the last few months have shown the advantages, but also uh, the limitations of an all digital or all distance learning approach. As we've seen, learners needs to interact with their teachers. Effective education requires face-to-face -face contact. This is why teachers and educators are so central to school systems. We must give them more, not less, resources, more training and more consideration. And indeed, the countries that have best responded to the learning disruptions of 2020 are those where teachers are better qualified, better trained, and better considered. Because school systems depend first and foremost on teachers, UNESCO works with countries and partners to make them central to our social projects. They are the best possible investment for the health, for the development of our societies. All of these discussions all of these issues impacting the future of education guide our work and our reflections every day in the field along with UNESCO's member states. We invite each and every one of you to take a seat at this table, the table of multilateralism, because we need all of you on board. Only in this way, UNESCO and the United States will be able to achieve the ideal of uh, Archibald Mike Leach the American poet and librarian of Congress, who said, and I quote, of course, we can educate for world peace, 
I'd be willing to go a great deal farther than that. I'd be willing, for my own part, to say that there is no possible way of getting world peace except through education. And with his words, I conclude. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, Director General Azoulay, for those words that remind us that the crisis has been deep, that remind us that there are people working everywhere courageously, cre creatively, and also with compassion to not only bring us through this pandemic, but to keep those words about build back better alive and make it go forward. In this way, your call for having us all recommit to multilateralism is a very important part of our whole uh, approach at Global Minnesota. It is central to how we've organized the day. The morning will look from the global to the national to the local. And the afternoon will be focused on people at the front line and the creative and courageous ways that people have been tackling and special things that people have been doing to bring this forward.